Section 7 of Anthropology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Anthropology, Book 1 by Immanuel Kant. Translated by Adolf Ernst Kroger. Section 7 concerning artificial play and moral semblance concerning the artificial play with the semblance of our senses eleven the delusion in which sensuous representations involve the understanding prestige may be either natural or artificial and is therefore either an illusion or a fraud that sort of deception which necessitates us to consider something as real on the testimony of our eyes though our understanding declares it to be impossible in regard to the same subject is called eye delusion prestige we call illusive that delusion which remains although we know that the supposed object is not real this play of the mind with the semblances of our senses is very agreeable and entertaining as for instance the perspective drawing of the interior of a temple or as raphael mengs says of the painting of the school of the peripatetics by correggio if i am not mistaken when we look long at the figures they seem to walk or as the painted staircase with half-opened door in the city hall of amsterdam which misleads every one to climb it etc but a deception of our senses occurs when the semblance stops the moment we know what the object really is all sleight-of-hand tricks belong to this category clothing the color of which contrasts favorably with our complexion is an illusion but painting cheeks is a deception the former allures us the latter apes this is also the reason why we do not like statues of human or animal figures that are painted since we are tempted every moment to see them unexpectedly to believe them to be living fascination in an otherwise healthy state of mind is a delusion of the senses whereas we say this does not occur naturally because our judgment that a certain object or a certain quality of the object exists changes irresistibly with our judgment that it does not exist or has another quality and because thus our senses seem to contradict themselves instance a bird fluttering towards a mirror wherein it sees itself and alternately considers it a real and not a real bird this play that men do not trust their own senses occurs mainly in people who are strongly moved by passion thus helvetius tells of a lover who saw his sweetheart in the arms of another one and nevertheless accepted her bold denial when she said to him faithless one you love me no more for you believe rather what you see than what i tell you Courser, or at least more harmful is the deception practiced by ventriloquists mesmerizers and other so-called wizards in older times the old ignorant women who were supposed to do these supernatural things were called witches in german hexen 
and even in this century the belief in witchcraft has not been fully eradicated footnote thus a protestant clergyman in scotland who was a witness in such a case in this century said to the judge your honor i assure you on my clerical honor that this woman is a witch whereupon the latter replied and i assure you on my judicial honor that you are no witch tamer now the german word hexe witch is derived from the initial letters of the mass formula when the hostia is consecrated which the faithful with their bodily eyes perceive as a small piece of bread but which after the consecration they are bound to perceive with their spiritual eyes as the body of a man for the words hoc est were supplemented by the word corpus whereupon hoc est corpus was changed into hocus pocus probably from a pious timidity to call things by their right name and thus profane them End of footnote. it seems that the feeling of amazement at something unheard of has in itself a certain charm for weak minds not merely because it opens at once new prospects but because it rids him of the burdensome task to apply his reason and at the same time induces him to believe other people his equals in ignorance concerning permitted moral semblance twelve all men are actors and the more in proportion as they are civilized they assume the appearance of esteem towards others of graciousness and unselfishness although they deceive no one thereby since each one argues that it is not meant seriously and indeed it is very well that the world is thus arranged for as men play these roles the virtues the semblance whereof they have only acted a certain time are gradually wakened into life and pass over into their character but to deceive again this deceiver in us namely to deceive our inclination to deceive is really a return to obedience under the rule of virtue and hence it is not deceit but rather guiltless deception of ourself thus the disgust at our own existence which results from the emptiness of feelings in our soul which feelings it incessantly acquires in the ennui which at the same time is nevertheless accompanied by a weight of laziness that is of aversion to every sort of laboursome occupation which might dispel that disgust an aversion due to the fact that such occupation requires exertion constitute a very disagreeable feeling which has no other cause than a natural desire to be comfortable that is to enjoy rest without previously having tired ourselves out but this desire for comfortableness is deceptive even in regard to the objects which reason makes a law to man in order to be satisfied with himself even when he does nothing at all when he vegetates without any object whatever since then he at least does nothing bad hence in order to deceive that inclination again which can best be accomplished by dallying with the fine arts but chiefly by social conversation we resort to what is called passing time away 
tempus fallere the very expression indicating the intention to deceive our desire for inactive rest by entertaining our mind with a dalliance with the fine arts this deception is still further promoted when such a mere purposeless dalliance affects at any rate a certain culture of the mind for otherwise we call that inactive rest killing time force accomplishes nothing as against sensuousness in our inclinations we must overcome them by cunning and as swift says give the whale a tub to play with in order to save the ship nature has wisely implanted in man an inclination to deceive himself in order to save virtue or at least to lead towards it good honourable behaviour is an external semblance which we assume in order not to make ourselves common and which forces others to esteem us it is true that women would be very little satisfied if the male sex did not seem to acknowledge their charms but coyness pudicitia a self-compulsion which conceals passion is nevertheless very wholesome as an illusion in order to effect that distance between the two sexes which is necessary to prevent one of them degenerated into a mere tool for the enjoyment of the other indeed everything which is called decorousness is of the same kind namely nothing but a beautiful semblance politeness is a semblance of condescension which prompts love it is true that bows compliments and the whole series of courtly gallantry together with the warmest verbal assurances of friendship are not always truth my dear friends there is no such thing as a friend says aristotle but nevertheless they do not deceive since everyone knows what to think of them but especially because these at first merely empty signs of graciousness and esteem gradually lead to actual feelings of that kind all human virtue in our intercourse with each other is nothing but a small money change and he is the child who takes it for genuine gold still it is better to have such small money in circulation than none at all especially as it can after all be exchanged into gold though at a considerable discount to say that these virtues are mere money marks without any value whatever and to hold with swift sarcasm that honesty is a pair of shoes that have been worn out in the mud etc or to take the part of the reverend mr hosteed who in his attack upon marmontel's belisar calumniates even a man like socrates so as to be sure to keep anyone from still believing in virtue this is high treason practised on mankind even the semblance of goodness in others must be dear to us since as play with ideas that compel our esteem though without perhaps deserving it may after all turn into seriousness it is only the semblance of goodness in ourselves which must be remorselessly wiped away and the veil with which egotism tries to conceal our moral defects which must be removed 
since semblance always deceives when we persuade ourselves that we may cancel our sins by the doing of something which has no inner moral worth whatever as for instance when repentance of our sins at the close of life is represented as real reformation or when intentional wrongdoing is made out to be simply human weakness end of section seven